to the Unleashed Podcast, where we believe that life is better when it is lived from purpose. My name is Molly Brunk, and I am joined with lead pastor of Hope Church, Brad Thompson. We are back for another episode, Let's and go. I am so excited. And so every episode of this podcast, we get to start with a fumble moment. And a fumble moment is where we are learning and growing in our leadership. And most of the time, we get to learn from Brad's mistakes. And so <laughs> he's, he's generous enough to share these mistakes with us. But the fumble moment of the week is this is what we were going to be talking about. Is it a fumble moment of the week or fumble moment of the season? Of the season, but of this season. current podcast week that is coming out. But here's the thing. When you first moved here, you um, kind of had a mantra. You uh-huh. had sayings. Um, when you first moved here, there was lots of transitions that were happening. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what your mantra was when you first got Why here? Why don't you take a guess? Well, I kind of know it, but I'll take a guess <laughs> that it is, uh, you know what? We'll get there. Everyone would come to you with problems, <laughs> things that aren't going well, and you'd say, we'll get there. Get there. We'll get there. We'll yeah. get there. And you did that for about 12 months. I did for the first year. We'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. And so now, what are you saying? Well, in addition to saying we'll get there, I'd always say, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And now yeah. I hear people on our staff say, and I'm like, how'd that go? They're like, it's fine. I'm like, so <laughs> frustrating to me. He said, I did this. <laughs> that's what I used to say. And now I know why they were frustrated with me. Yeah. 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 So for most of my opening uh, 12 months here at Be Hope, it was, we'll get there. It's fine. We'll get there. And it was a tension because uh-huh. people were like, bro, uh-huh. we're not there. Like, you got to, like, tell us what to do and where to go. And what was your reasoning behind that? Yeah, I think some of it was I was fearful of setting expectations that I thought would, to some degree, um, feel like people are, uh, people would think I'm micromanaging them mm. or I'm pushing them away. It was also part of it when you have seasons of transitions, like you almost don't want to make anybody mad. It's like, oh, I just need to be kind to them because I need them to stay. And I don't want to give expectations that might hurt their feelings or or make them better. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. we'll just let it be what it is for now. Yep. And that was uh, not what was best. No, it wasn't best because what happened was uh, instead of pursuing honesty with people, uh, I was increasingly frustrated with the results that we were getting. Yeah. Does that yeah. make sense? It sure does. <laughs> it sure does. And so now you've made the switch of instead of saying, we'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> what's my new mantra now? Not we'll get there, but we'll. Be there now. Yeah, get there now. <laughs> get there now. Get I was there like, now. I don't know. Yeah, I was like, it's you... not in our handbook. I don't know. No, this is, uh, this is a new thing we're saying now. It's just get there now. Get there You got to get there now. Not we'll get there. You got to get there now. Yep. Which is great. And so uh, it has been a learning year, and which is like it's been a great year of learning and growing uh-huh. and so all of that. But I'm excited about what we're going to be talking about today. So where are we headed today? Yeah. So today uh, we want to title the podcast Never Go Alone, uh, but we're still in the series on acting like owners. And uh, one of the things that I want us to understand when it comes to acting like owners is owners know how to set the team. Owners know how to set the team. They know how to set the vision. They know how to set the culture. They know how to set the team. And and here's why that's important. And here's that fly is flying around. I love it. <laughs> There's this fly that seemingly follows me every Sunday. If you've not been to Be Hope yet, you should come just for the, the fly. 
Uh, he's a free range fly. We let him go do his thing. If you hear a random smack outside yeah. of this, you know yeah, that yeah. the fly is I've been is trying down, to kill so. him for about two months now. <laughs> Uh, but 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 what's at stake for us when um, we say things like it's fine or uh, we'll get there and we're not actually setting the team is is that your team will only go as far as your expectations. So so the problem was I wasn't setting expectations out of fear, but the problem was the team is only going to go as far as the expectations that I set. Uh, I've often heard leaders say what gets celebrated gets repeated. Well, this is mm-hmm. also true. What gets tolerated also gets repeated. Mm-hmm. And what gets tolerated on teams also gets replicated. And uh, and so for what we don't realize is that um, when we aren't setting expectations for our team, we are actually accepting behaviors that are really unacceptable to the organization or the mission that we have. Yeah. Um, if I could say it like this, God and I had a conversation years ago. Uh, sorry for those of you who don't believe in God, but grateful for those of you who do. I'm grateful for those of you who don't as well. But uh, there's this time where I remember like God was specifically speaking into my life about something that made me uncomfortable. And it was like God was telling me, I need you to go do this. And I kept saying, yeah, I don't want to do that. And in the moment, it felt, it felt like God was belittling me I felt, man, not belittling is the wrong word. It felt like he was uh, trying to make my life miserable. Mm. <laughs> he said, great. Love it. <laughs> Thanks, God. <laughs> and the reality is uh, I look back on that and I realized, no, he was, he was actually trying to make my life better. He was setting expectations in my faith that he needed to see out of me so that I could actually get where he needed me to be. Does this make sense? Yeah. And I think that it it makes a lot of sense, but it's also this thing that's hard to wrap your head around because you assume that people will just have it within them <laughs> to do all of those things. Yeah. Um, even within our faith. Like you, I think of myself and it's like, I'm going to read my Bible for 45 minutes and all of these things. And it's like. Um, you know, that's not true. Yeah, And so it's like, <laughs> oh, unless we have that expectation or that maybe challenge to rise to, we often fall to our humanness, which is <laughs> perform subpar, which is unfortunate to. Yeah. The reality with. is, uh, I don't want to use the word fall, but. To some degree, that's what we do. We we fall to what we know. Mm-hmm. We don't fall to the level of expectations. We rise to the level of expectations. We fall to what we already know. We default. That's a better way to say it. Default, We yeah. default to what we know. That's good. So what's the why behind setting a team? Yeah, um, here's the thing. To set the team, uh, leaders have to move from what I'm going to say, a management style to an empowerment style. Move from employee to empowerment. Does this make sense? Mm-hmm. And and here's why that matters because management or the employee mindset doesn't grow organizations. It grows egos. <laughs> Is that, I'm, tell, I'm coming for some people today. <laughs> like uh, I'm going to stick to my notes because I've got some things in here that uh, I need to be very succinct about, but I think are, are really important. important. Management doesn't grow organizations. It grows Egos. Uh, I've said this to our team before, uh, that doing your team's work isn't teamwork. It's laziness, selfishness, or egotism, or all three. <laughs> Is that too much? No, you're just coming for people, but it's okay. <laughs> and, and here's why that matters. is because, because you can have control over your work, or you can have growth on your team. 
You can have control or you can have growth, but you can't have both, mm. right? Does this mm. make sense? Yeah. Um, like, yeah, because you can't be the only one doing everything. Right. Because it's not, yeah. And 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 I think where we have to make the shift is we have to go from being, a lot of us get goal-oriented. And instead of being goal-oriented, we need to be growth-oriented. And so I want to say, make people your goal. Like, here, here's what I know about people who empower others. This is how leaders who know how to set the team act. Uh, they they grow organizations because because humility can't hold on to the keys. Mm-hmm. Like, they naturally and instinctively, because they understand um, that they can get more done through other people, uh, there's a level of humility that lives within them that knows, man, this is this is the best way forward for people. Yeah. And uh, I really, I just have to call out, I think one of the greatest tensions that uh, you can see within organizations and teams, and I don't think anybody's talking about this, but I really just want to just, I think this needs to be called out because uh, I think what happens when it comes to management mindset and employee mindset when you're not setting the team is, you ready for this? Ready. I think some people are secretly seeking the failure of others so they can save their job. Yikes. <laughs> do you like that? I don't know if I like it, but I'm Wait, not sure. Do you sure. think it's true? I would say yes, but I don't think that oftentimes it's like a conscious thing. I don't think that people are malicious in it. I think if okay. people aren't clear on expectation, they will seek the reward that they might see someone else getting. Well, here's the thing. There's this funny thing that happened. So we 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 have just started talking about how we're growing our team in this next year, and we've and we'll get to, into that in just a second. But jokingly, somebody walked into my office and they're like, "What are you trying to do? Are you trying to replace me? <laughs> All right. Are you trying to fire me?" And uh, while that was a joke, uh, and it was funny at the time, what I realized is that sometimes employees are ego driven, and and the reason they're ego driven. Is, is because um, they're not interested in growing the organization. They're just interested in climbing the ladder. Mm. I, 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 I just, like, I, I see this at times where it's like, I he, I'm always leery of the people who consistently say, say me, my, I. Uh, I'm leery of the people who will only do things for paychecks, not because of passion. I'm leery of people who immediately want platforms I question the people that that need titles, that mm. need keys, that need offices. Like when when you're demanding, demanding for power and position. I don't even like those words. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's part of me. It's like, oh, you, this isn't even about this isn't even about the organization. Mm-hmm. This is about growing yourself and growing your own team, your own ego. Yeah, and 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 you can't grow a team like that. Yeah, and here's what I realize about owners, is they don't secretly seek the the failure of other people, uh, their deepest desire is to elevate others. Mm-hmm. Like that's the mind shift that people have to make when it comes to I don't I don't know where you work or or what you do or what teams you lead or what what families you parent. Like there's this reality though that in order to grow your family, to grow your business, to grow your teams, you you actually if you care about people you want to elevate them mm-hmm. yeah. and i'm not concerned i'm not i'm just not convinced that, that that's the natural tendency for most people 
mm-hmm. which is why they stay employees and not owners. Yeah. I think a lot of times, especially right after college graduation, like all four years of college, you're thinking about what am I going to do? How am I going to make a difference? How, what is my next career move that's instilled within you within those four years? And so I think that's a really hard reality to face when you graduate and you enter into the real world. Mm -hmm. And I think that is it's a sacrificial leadership where you have to adopt that humility, which is hard. It's a hard lesson to learn, but it's invaluable. But I don't think it's natural within our culture for people to know how to lead in that way. Yeah. And I think some of that mindset lends itself to this, that you're only worried about what you're building, but you're not worried about what you're building in the future, right? You're only worried about what you're building now while you're here. You're not worried about what you're building after you're gone. And uh, uh, there's just this reality, like I have limited time on this life. You have limited time in this life. And and I don't want my impact to simply last in the moment that I live in. But uh, I want I want be hope. I want I want my family. I, I want there to be generations of people who talk about what has happened here. Be- not because we because we grew it, but because we elevated other people. Yeah. Uh, and I think uh, I, I try to do this. It's hard. Um, can I just talk about like where I'm trying to practice this in my own life. Yeah. Um, I've always wanted to, we're very specific about how many weekends I preach here at Be Hope. And um, I really love, I really do. I love sharing the platform with people. Um, Here's where it gets hard. (laughs) Is when uh, we've had really great communicators get out there and absolutely crush it. Uh, Not guests, but you and, (laughs) and Keisha and some others. And, there's been this part where uh, people will come up to me and say, man, you better be careful. You're going to lose your job. (laughs) (laughs) Just like, there's part of me is like deep down. I'm like, there's part of me is like, "Mm, okay. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe it bugs me a little bit, but there's other part of me. It's like, I don't know. I'm, I'm celebrating. Yeah. I'm celebrating that they crushed it this weekend. Yeah. Like I love that we're, we're raising up other communicators and other people who can absolutely rock it. Because just to be frank, like when you hear the same person 45 weeks out of the year, like after a while it sounds the same. Well, they don't know about the 45 hours of uh, prep work beforehand and the near no, heart don't. failure that I almost <laughs> went into just being able to preach uh, one weekend. So I was just blown away by the fact that you have to do that every weekend. I was like, I cannot believe that this is your job. But no, that makes sense. And that's I think that's hard. And I think it's hard within ministry, but also just within any career is that like you're right, you can't hold on to the spotlight, which feels really good for a lot of the, like right. a lot of the times. So, yeah, have you ever been in a place where you found yourself valuing your ego more than elevating others? Have you experienced that? Like you said, like coming out of college, um I've had other jobs outside of this where the concern was not the growth of the company. But the growth was how much money am I making? Mm. How much money am I saving? What am I building? What am I driving? What is my house like? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like it really became the focus of my life. And I look back now and I'm like, ain't none of that matter. Yeah. yeah. None of that matters. Yeah. That makes sense. So what can we do to uh, set the team? Yeah. yeah. So I want, I want to think about it because to set the team – it's really a detailed process, and we're still figuring it out here. We have we have a strategy. We have plans. But I want to think about it from a 30,000-foot level. And these are just 
broad basics that I think uh, if you lead any organization, if you lead any team, if you are leading your family, like these are things that you can do. And so uh, the first one that I want to say is we this is a new value that we've added to our team. Never go alone. alone. Right? Yep. So let me ask you, when you hear that, what does that mean to you? Um, to me, it means anytime I'm doing anything, I need to bring someone with me and I need to be able to communicate why I'm doing what I'm doing and why it matters yeah. to that person. Absolutely. Uh, the, I love the way we phrased it in our value. Um, I'm not going to read all of it to you, but we said on our team, we don't perform individual tasks, but we empower others through shared responsibility. We will never find ourselves alone in the mission, but we will relentlessly relay, raise up champions and leaders who carry out God's purpose. Um, simply put, I'll say it this way. Shared responsibility is better than sole responsibility. Mm-hmm. And and it goes back to what I said before. Like, it is easier to live into sole responsibility. I stay in my lane. I do my thing. <laughs> I perform these tasks. I don't worry about anybody else. Right? Right. What gets hard is shared responsibility. Because shared responsibility It takes time. It takes coaching. It takes patience. It actually means you being intentional about finding somebody and saying, hey, uh, I'm heading off to the hospital uh, to go do a visit. Would you you like to come with me? Mm -hmm. Um, I tried to do this the other week, mostly because I was scared, but I was (laughs) (laughs) speaking to a bunch of UD students and – it was so much fun. Like, was so looking forward to it. They asked me to come and give them just some words of advice. I'm not sure it was wisdom. It was good. <laughs> and so I asked you and Connor to come with me. Mm-hmm. And partly with some of that, just just to, just to see what it's like to, to go and speak to people, to be with these college students. The other part of it was like, man, I haven't been around college students forever. And so it was just fun to have you guys around to, to, to coach me and to teach me, hey, here's some things you should be thinking about. And, uh, and so that's, that's one way that we never go alone. And so uh, if you're on one of our hope teams here at Be Hope, and I know if you don't go to church here, you're like, I don't know what a hope team is. We just believe serving changes everything. If you're on one of our hope teams, like our goal for you in this next year is if you serve in a position that you would always have someone with you where you're coaching, you're leading, you're teaching, you're guiding them. Never go alone. Yeah. No, that's really, really good. Um, So what does that look like for expectations for our staff? One of the, I mean, this is really general, mm-hmm. uh, but one of the things we've asked our team to do in this next year is to find four leaders that you know could potentially replace you. And then as you work through our process, our four R's, uh, which which are, uh, I love it, it's recognize, recruit, refine, release, which we've borrowed. Um, <laughs> those four R's, as you work through those, you'll begin to whittle down from four to one. And we said by the end of the year, not this year, but next year, you need to have one person that you can send mm-hmm. send to another campus or replace you if you're sent to another campus. Mm-hmm. So that's what it looks like on our team. Yeah. No, I think that's great. And um, I think it's necessary in order to be sustainable. Yeah. But yeah, it does just change the way that we kind of train people and guide people a whole bunch. But yep. it's great. I think it's fun. I never like to be alone. So this is so great value. People who know how to set teams, they never go alone. Mm-hmm. That's rule number one. That's good. What's next? Rule number two. This is uh, this one, this principle actually came out of personal experience first coming here. And this is my rule, which is our span of care 
must be a step above our pace of growth. And here's the reality is the growth of an organization can outpace quickly the team's care. And in the short term, right, growth gets celebrated. Mm -hmm. Everybody's pumped. Everybody's excited. But it's not sustainable. And, And I believe that success can only hide misery for a short period of time. That for a true. short period of time. And, and this is just my theory. I, I, I don't know if it's true, but I believe that it's true. That eventually your level of growth will actually come down to the span of care that you provide your people. Yeah. Like your pace will slow down to the span of care that you're providing for people. Yeah. No, that makes sense because you can't outrun the health of your team. Like Right. So, and if your team is all... Health, unhealthy and sideways, I can't imagine how long your organization will last without that. So exactly right. And there's this reality, like when you get into the fray and you get into the to the work week and the busyness and the work list and everything that needs to happen, like care can easily be the thing that we forget the most. Like next thing to do, need you to do this, and and it's just unhealthy. Yeah, and we're still figuring that out. Yeah, to no. be fair. No, I think that makes sense. And I think that, like, I grew up uh, in the generation of, like, uh, the overcorrection of that. And so it was the very much self-care, like, on the very extreme <laughs> end of it where it was like, oh, like, and so it was coming into it, figuring out that you can push yourself and expand and stretch yourself and grow. Yeah. Um, but also find that balance of managing your health and right. well-being. But I definitely grew up in the generation where it was like, Mm, this seems uncomfortable. Nope, I'm not going to, like, th- you would just opt out because you don't want to push yourself right. too far. So, yeah, there's definitely those generational things where it's like that was non-existent probably in my parents' generation. True. And now it was overcorrected in my generation, so we got to figure out a balance moving forward. I think forward. we're getting there. Yeah. No, I think we are. I think are. we have a good team that works hard. I I agree. So, as if they're my team, I'm like, yeah, we do. <laughs> but anything else you want to share with us before we oh, wrap up today? Yeah, I think I think some of it too is like, and maybe we don't need to share this, but you're like, how do you how do you provide a span of care for people? And and these are what's fun is in the span of care, I actually created expectations for our team. Meaning, uh, I believe to be cared for, you have to have mentors in your life, and so it'd be hope we, we our requirement. It's not optional, is that you have a professional mentor and you have a spiritual mentor outside of our walls. And you're required to meet with them at least twice a year. And it I, for me, that has been the one thing of getting away, meeting with a cohort, meeting with a group of people, and then walking away with one thing for the next six months to work on was just, it provided so much care in my life. Mm-hmm. And they were always checking in. There was accountability there. And so we want that for our team. Uh, if you're looking for ideas, some of the things we do is we have unlimited vacation at Be Hope. Uh, we provide and we have set aside in our budget uh, counseling for all of our staff if they so need it, desire it, or want it. Um, some of the other things that we've done, um, I have to look here because, oh, we do stay interviews. This is my favorite. We don't do exit interviews. We do stay interviews. Mm-hmm. And the whole point of that is we want to know. I ask people three questions. We do stay interviews, and then I meet with them one-on-one. And I ask three questions. How's your family? How are you doing spiritually? I know that's two, but I count that as one. <laughs> and then I asked, what do you love about working at Be Hope? Uh, is there anything that you would like to talk about that needs to be worked on or fixed mm-hmm. that is of concern to you? We do those those things. Yeah. And I think uh, to some degree it provides at least 
in terms of optics mm-hmm. <laughs> that we we actually care about people. Mm-hmm. So, and I yeah. think we're having accountable, pursuing honest conversations with people who, hey, this is what I see in you. This is what needs to be healthy. Mm-hmm. I think we're getting there. No, I agree. Um, well, that wraps up uh, the content for this episode, but we cannot finish until we talk about our hope or nopes moment. So are you ready for them? I'm ready. All right. So this one's not really a hope or a nope, but I just didn't know if you had any Super Bowl predictions for February. Well, the prediction is the Chiefs will not win the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, that's fair. I'm, I don't even know much about football, but I know that they have not won. So, man, I'm last. rooting for Miami. I mean, I, I'm a Bengals fan. Really? Yeah, I don't know why. Hmm. I don't know why. Is, are the 49ers doing really I think, good? I think it's because Miami, like, they were terrible for so many years. Oh, you love a comeback? I do love a good comeback. That's fair. Are the 49ers actually doing good? They're good. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I don't know that. All right, the next one is Lord <laughs> of the Rings. Um, oh in gosh. one of uh, Brad's messages, he made a very controversial statement that he hates the Lord of the Rings movies. So I'm kind of setting you up for this one that everyone already knows your answer, but I didn't know if you wanted to expound on it. Or is it just a hard nope for you? Have you watched (laughs) the entire movie? No, I haven't. But so many people love it. It has to be, like, good for something. I rest my case. Okay. (laughs) All right, last hope or nope, winter sports. How do you feel about winter sports? Oh, they're the best. Snowboarding. That's your thing? That's your jam? I love snowboarding. Have you been snowboarding? No. I went skiing one time, and oh, it, it, it didn't go a, well. Like a poop hill. It didn't go well, and it was with someone. Yeah, it did not go well. It was not a good Sorry, experience. Can I just reference that poop hill was this the hill that my wife would sled down in Illinois? That's what they called it. it was poop hill? Why did they? Because it was it a that? small hill. Oh, and it okay, was right okay. next right next to was the it actually uh, poop or <laughs> it was right next to the um oh I can't think the sanitary uh, uh, department. So yes, it smelled like that. Got it. That's exciting. But that is a perfect way to wrap up this episode. Hey, we are so excited that you took time to listen. Make sure that you like and subscribe and share this with all of the people within your sphere of influence. And we will see you back here for the next podcast.